Hey fam, let's catch the moment. We open this space with the knowledge that the land in which we are located is occupied and unceded territories. On this, their traditional land and ancestral home, join us in acknowledging the tribal groups from where we personally vibe, including the Kickapoo, Kansas, Osage, Odos, Missouri, Padawami, Sioux, Shawnee, Wyandotte, Choctaw, and Chitty Macha tribes. We look to you as we become better stewards of the land we inhabit. Peace and love. Let go. Little razzle dazzle, you know, it's the time. And welcome to the We Out Here podcast, a place to hear the stories of Black, Brown, and Indigenous folks in science and nature. You're listening to your boy, Alexi G, coming to you with some wild, weird energy today and feeling blessed, feeling blessed to have this presence Barf. around me. Barf. Good morning only. My name is Allison Jones. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I retweet the chaotic energy and the blessings all around me <laughs> yes yes we got a special fabulous guest someone i've known for quite a while so go ahead and introduce yourself with your name your pronouns and what you do hello my name is chelsea connor i am from the commonwealth of dominica in the caribbean it's not the dominican republic i promise <laughs> <laughs> tell them and i am a tropical herpetologist and brood fan and just all around, like, fan of nature. I like being Love outside. It. I like exploring. I've been doing a little bit of it here in California, in San Francisco, where I am. But my heart will always belong to the tropics. You know, sometimes I go outside and I see how dusty it is in San Francisco. And I'm like, this <laughs> is probably not for me. You know? I do appreciate Fair. when we go by a playground and there's a random parakeet sitting there. I'm like, that's nice. That's cute. Look at you. I don't know how you like You shouldn't be here. <laughs> Chelsea, what is your favorite bird in the world? That's a really good question. It's nothing in North America. Of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Feels right. So on my, Feels right. <laughs> on my island, we have a lot of endemic birds, two of which are parrots. One is more rare than the other because it doesn't breed as often as the other one does. We love it so much, we put it on our flag, and therefore we are one of the few countries in the world to have purple on our flag because the parrot Ooh. has purple on it. So that's Purple like parrot. one of them. Yeah, it has like, it's green. Its back is green. And then on the front, um, around the neck area, there's some purple and red. Its beak is yellow. Its eyes are also red when it's um, in adulthood. I'm trying to remember you all the other colors it. on it. Feet are also yellow. I love it. It's a very good parrot. And the other mm -hmm. one, the other parrot is more just red and green, which is mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Yeah. It's a Christmas parrot. Yeah, the Cicero parrot is what it's called, which is what it's called. Cicero parrot is the one that has the purple. The jackal okay. parrot, the second one, has mostly red and green on it. Have you seen any cool wildlife since you've been up in the Bay Area? So the parakeets are cool. I have seen a lot of uh, nudimranks because I went Ooh. down to the shore when it was like the time for tide pooling. And there were a couple like really cool nudibranchs. I enjoy nudibranchs a lot. They're just really adorable to look at. So for those who've never heard of a nudibranch, what's a nudibranch? It is a sea slug. Ooh. So imagine like a land slug, but in the ocean and the salt does <laughs> not right. bother it. And yeah. also they are now more colorful because they live in the yeah. ocean. So they're a little bit, they, they have to put some pizzazz on the typical yeah. like, slug life. They're like, we can't yeah, do that. A little that. razzle dazzle, you little know. A little razzle dazzle, you know, it's the time. 
<laughs> to jump back to birds, I cannot mention favorite birds without talking about like the bird that like made me a, a birder, bird lover, however <laughs> describe it. My grandmother used to feed these these small passerine birds we have in the Caribbean. They're across the Lesser Antilles and they're called banana quits. Um, on my island, as far as I know, we only get the yellow morph. There is a black morph, but for me, they were always the black ones with like yellow on them. And they're called banana quits. I don't know why. Probably because they like bananas a lot. That's a cute name, though. I love that name. It is an adorable name. And they have long beaks because they eat nectar and they love sugar. And if she didn't put sugar out for them on time, by the time like the little flock came by, they would just come inside and oh. take the sugar themselves. So <laughs> Grandma. She had to be on time every day. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool that they could like learn the pattern though. I I yeah. love when, when animals can actually like detect patterns in nature and you can like see that when they move around us. That's yeah. sick. It was always like really amazing to me too, because I would be like at her house because she'd like watch me sometimes when my mom was at work. And I like I remember like, okay, this is around the time when they one of the times of the day when they usually come by for sugar and then sure enough here they would be and you know sometimes there'd be two of them at a time while the others are like up in she has we have this fruit called kennep so they'd be like up in the kennep tree and then when it started to bloom they'd like be eating the nectar from those flowers but they'd come always come back to the sugar that she had out so like your neighborhood what did like was it full of trees and stuff yeah have those like no absolutely so my grandmother had multiple kennep trees in her yard and then we had two soursop trees, a cherry tree, and then I, pl- I planted a pomegranate tree sometime later. So we had a lot of fruit trees in my yard too. And then like, literally there's a track behind my house that leads down to like a really large grove of mango trees. And then behind my house, right before my high school was a large patch of guava trees. So there's just yeah. like trees all around. There's like a mango tree in front of my house as well this is just like there's just trees everywhere and i live on top of a hill so like the the, if i go down the hill i'm at the sea and then there's like coconut trees all over the beach as well wild (laughs) so i'm like what do you even (laughs) mean bro (laughs) what happens to the dynamics of the community and the ecosystems when there is like a huge weather event or something yeah it definitely changes everything. My country used to export limes. We had like several like miles of lime trees. But then we had Hurricane David, and I think it was in the 80s, and that destroyed all of the lime plantations. And therefore, we had to stop exporting limes because we could never recover. We could never grow back enough oh. lime trees to get back into that industry. So with that kind of thing, is it because of like the amount of like seawater that got into the soil or is it like just why couldn't the crop recover a couple years later it was like the change of the the land as well because there were landslides there was also like the time it takes for the trees to grow back and then the time it takes them to to mature yeah Yeah. and it takes the time takes for them to produce limes and they also don't produce limes all year there's like a specific season when they are producing the limes so in for taking into account all of those things, we have to wait for the trees to grow back. We have to wait for it to be the right season. We have to like, you know, the ones that are still up, like, are they producing enough limes for us to, to be right. able to afford to rebuild and, you know, replant those those trees that we lost? It, we just fell so far behind, we could never recover from there. That's so interesting. I remember you maybe mentioning offline about a time, like a more recent weather event that kind of shook 
the system, natural systems a little bit, yeah? Yeah. So recently, because I feel like when it gets talked about in the the media, when we talk about Hurricane Maria, usually always talk about its effect on Puerto Rico. Right, right. Because of its, like, and this was in 2017, September of 2017. Wait, wait, wait. It's story time. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> Like I said before, I'm from the Comos of Dominica. To us, that's a really big deal. We love our island. Mm. We <laughs> There's nothing you could say about our island negative that would go over well. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I respect that. One like, time I said the name wrong and you were on me. <laughs> like, a tourist visited the island once and, like, was like, oh, man, all of the, the like, tourist vendors are so pushy. And he, they got jumped, I'll be honest with you. They got verbally jumped because it's like, <laughs> we're being nice to you. What do you mean? We're being so nice and accommodating. Also, like, tourism is such a weird industry. <laughs> I went to a gorgeous <laughs> island and was accosted. <laughs> so my mom used to be a tourist vendor. And let me get into it a little bit more, actually. So... My island is a top tourist destination. It's a lush green island. We call it the Nature Island of the Caribbean. We live mainly on the coast. Everything on the inside is mostly like untouched. There's some hiking trails through it. Imagine like a small, beautiful green island with like mountain peaks over like 4,000 feet high. And it's all just covered in forest. There's like two endemic species of parrots living up in there somewhere. If you're lucky, you can see them. And there's like some hiking trails all throughout the like middle, all through those like mountains are all reserves. Like there's northern forestry reserve and then southern one, there's central one. It's mostly an all national park as well. This is all protected area. And there's signposts that tell you about the wildlife that you can see in all of these different areas. We have lots of waterfalls, lots of rivers, lots of waterfalls. One of our taglines for the tourists is that we have 365 rivers, one for every day of the year. <laughs> Yo, that's, that, for an island, that's that's a grip. And we really do have a lot. No, we don't have as much now, but when I was growing up, there were a yeah. lot of rivers around. At my house, like from my house, I can think of like three that were nearby that like we would go to. And we, we'll visit those rivers really often. So We've, we have like get togethers near rivers. We like sit there for hours and cook and talk. Uh, we go swimming. Sometimes we go just to swim. And there's a lot of people that still go to wash. So there's a lot of people that still do their laundry at the river. My mom says it like your clothes feel cleaner. <laughs> you know, we all have washing machines and yet we still just go to the river anyway. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, it saves power. It does. Love that. It does. And like, it was like one of the places that I loved exploring. I actually have a scar on one of my knees. Because I slipped on a mossy rock and another rock went into my knee. <laughs> I did oh, not. I I did, it did not stop me though. I continued. <laughs> yeah, I like there that. There were I like crayfish that. to be found. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, how did crayfish get out there? Anyways, <laughs> there's also like freshwater shrimp too, like really interesting. And then there was like there's like these fish. So the rivers are usually like rivers flowing through um usually rocks on the shore sometimes you'll have like some type of sand and then on the other side of the river it's either the same or sometimes you'll have like a little like a small cliff and there's like more forest on the other side and while you're sitting in the shallows of the river you can sometimes see these like little iridescent fish 
and I have wondered my whole life what they are, and I found out what they are recently, and I cannot remember the name for the life of oh. me. So now I have to go look it up all over again. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. But they are a very important fish for us because they're one of the fish. There's like the, the certain season when there's a lot of rain. The rainy season is like half the year. So at some point in there <laughs> that these fish spawn, and they spawn in such large numbers that we can like catch all of these like oh. baby fish. And yeah. they are very important for a dish called acra. So it's oh, like this cool. this batter that you make and you put the tiny fish in that and you eat it. It's so good. It's so good. Oh. I didn't realize there was fish in there. You've had acra before? No, I'm just I'm familiar with like the existence of the dish, but uh, I thought it was just a bread. Can... I thought it was just dough. No, no, like... no. It's like a I guess an American would call it a fish cake, but I would not call oh, it a fish okay. cake. I feel like that's a wrong description for me personally. But it's a batter, a little batter and you fry it. It's just so delicious. I miss it so much. But we can't get TTW here for me to make. It's got the, the, the little fish, we call them TTW. It's not the species of it. That's just what you call the fish at that stage, just TTW. And at one point, we actually did have like a TTW festival to show different ways you could like cook it, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> but like this, that's, that's what I grew up with. My hometown is Portsmouth, and it's near a national park. And from my bedroom window, like from our house, my whole life, we could see, I could see the mountains of the national park. I could also see some other mountains. One of them is Mono Diab. I always wonder what's at the top. And like my goal is to one day get to the top of it and see like what all lives up there. I've heard we have tarantulas. I've never seen them. They're probably high up on the mountains because that's where the person who found them said they were. That's cool. I actually read a paper that was talking about really high elevation tarantulas. Yeah. I wonder if it was a species similar to what you guys got. But they're like little guys. I they're like some of the smallest know. tarantulas. Yeah, I also want to know. I want to find them myself. Yeah. <laughs> I want to confirm. But like for every school trip we had, because it's like right in our hometown, we would go to Cabritz, which is the national park. And Cabritz, Cabritz or Cabwit is how you say goat. Oh, so okay. it's called that because there were a lot of goats up there at one point. <laughs> Egg. Straight to the point. I respect Straight it. Straight to the point. <laughs> <laughs> and I did end up working at that national park for a while, too. And I remember, because my mom was a tourist vendor at Cabritz. It's the one of the world's few natural cruise ship berths. What that means is that, like, the, here's the shore. Like, the shore is here. And then there's some feet that you can walk. And then there's a sudden drop-off that's so deep, they don't have to dig anymore for a cruise ship to come up and dock. It's cool. deep enough for, for them to just... Uh, and I have been snorkeling there. It is it is indeed very deep. It's, it's actually a little scary. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, those those frightened me, those drop-offs. Yeah. And Cabritz is beautiful. There used to be a barracuda that lived under the pier. I don't know if it's still out there. If it is, I love you so much. Like, it was bigger than me, but, you know, it's because he was eating good. He's the only barracuda in that area. Yeah. <laughs> he found a great spot. <laughs> Yo, he that barracuda. <laughs> Before I knew about the barracuda, when I was, like, young, and I would be on, like, trips, or I was with my mom while she was um, doing tourist vendor stuff, I would, like, always just explore. I'd read all the signposts. They would describe the abola, which is a ground lizard from the Amiva family so just think of like a really chunky lizard that lives on the ground and the, the males have like this iridescent silvery blue to them they're really pretty and then the juveniles are like this really nice shade of chocolate brown and they're faster than you think 
So you'll see them, and they'll see you, and you'll see each other, and they'll leave. (laughs) (laughs) And I would also, like, sit at the shore um, before I knew that, like, sea urchins had, like, an eye of sorts that they could see shadows from. I would, like, you know, poke them with sticks, and I would see that they moved towards the stick. And I just don't understand how they could know that there was a stick. And I would, like, wave it across. It's like, I don't understand what's happening but, like, it is still so interesting to me to, like, watch this. The signs would also describe the different kinds of snakes we had. And I don't think I've ever been afraid of snakes as far as I can remember. I remember holding, we have an endemic species of boa. I remember holding it when I was about 11. Someone had an adult one and I wanted to hold it so bad. And it's called a clouded boa because of its patterning. And I, like, it was incredible to me. I could feel its musculature and I was like, this is amazing. How do snakes work? I wanted to know more. I would chase racers. We have these snakes called racers, the Dominican racer. And they are called racers for a reason. Yup. Those racers don't play. They do not. I was like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> like, I, the number of times I've gotten my ankle broke by, <laughs> by racers is insane. Now, imagine... Imagine doing that on rocky terrain, because yep. that's what it that's what it was. It was like fully rocky terrain. They can hide under the rock, and I was like, oh, ooh, they got this wrong. I don't got this. But easier to catch with the hermit crabs. We get such large hermit crabs up there in the, the national park. I didn't realize that they could get this big. And then I saw them for the first time. It became normal to me. And then every time I describe it to other people, they're like, hermit crabs can get what? <laughs> I guess coconut crabs are giant hermit crabs, for real. Yeah. They get mad big. They get so big. That's what got me into biology. Because, like, every day I go out and it's like, look at all of these here. Look at this. What's that? I want to know. How does it work? There's this one tree that has a sign that says don't stand underneath it because it's, like, poisonous. So if the, like, if the fruit drips on you or water from the tree drips on you, it could burn your skin. Like, how does that work? How does all of this work? I need to know. So here I am now studying biology because of that. Thank you. (laughs) Just like imagine being a little kid and like you're seeing all of these like new butterflies. You know what butterflies are now and you recognize like these are the three I see the most. And then you see a new one. Every time you see a new one, you want to know what it is. And you're like describing it to your parents and all they can give you is like name in Creole. Like how do you type that into Google? That's another thing that made me the biologist that I am because I want to be able to like bridge those gaps. Which our, our official language is English, but we also speak okay. Lesser Antillean Creole. It is mutually intelligible with Louisiana Creole, but they are distinct, different languages. It's also mutually intelligible with Haitian Creole. Okay. Again, they're still like their own things. And, you know, the nature of living on an island is that there are hurricanes. So I've, I've experienced hurricanes before Hurricane Maria. One of them, I don't remember the name of it, but me and my siblings went out during the eye of the storm. Please don't do that. Please do not go out in the eye of a storm. I am not endorsing going out in the eye of a storm. I was a child. We were all children. We're stupid. The views and opinions expressed on the We Out Here podcast. (laughs) And we just went down the hill from the house to the sea to like look around and see what happened. And it wasn't like too much damage, but the waves were really rough at the beach. And there were a lot of like sea creatures that washed ashore. So there were a lot of fish I hadn't seen before. I saw a puffer fish for the first time. It was so cool seeing a puffer fish. I was like, look at this guy. What is he? Who is he? I need to know more about it. And I like, I remember when we got power back, I like spent like an hour or something looking up puffer fish. And I was like, ah, (laughs) I still don't believe fish are real, but this is great. (laughs) 
and then the Hurricane Berea happened in 2017. I remember like the day of it. So we knew it was like, it was like category free and we were confident we could stay home because like the way that you build houses in the Caribbean is that typically you go with wood because the wood sways and bends with the, the wind um, okay. and it's reinforced and then the roofs are galvanized. Sometimes people have concrete houses. Our house was concrete at this point. And sometimes they'll build on the sec like they'll build two floors, but you build the second floor fully first, and then the first floor you like finish later, so it's on pillars for a while, and that's even better for a hurricane because you know it's solid concrete. You're good. We did have an earthquake though that was like, Ooh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but my mother put together all of the important documents, you know, the passports birth certificates, bank stuff, just like, oh, you know, in a Ziploc bag. Just like, I got all the things. My dad walked the dogs and then made sure that their house was secure and that they're secure in their house. Also, in the Caribbean, like, your dogs live outside, typically. We don't typically have our dogs inside. So that's why I'm describing their house as being separate, because they have a separate domicile. You know, really fancy. Nice big house for them. My dad went all out. He popped off a little bit. (laughs) But, like, you know, we collected clean water. So the way things work in Dominica as well is like because we have all these rivers, our water comes directly from there. They set up purification stations like somewhere along that. And then the water then goes from the purification station to whatever villages are nearby. Our electricity is also mostly hydroelectricity because we have so many waterfalls. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we also have one power company, one water company. It's a small island. We don't need multiple. It makes sense. <laughs> So we collected clean water, we charged everything that could be charged, made sure we had batteries, my mom checked all the lamps, she checked all the like oil lamps to, you know, just look, well, kerosene, not oil, little kerosene lamps too, just to make sure that, um, you know, that was also good. And then we, we were just chilling, it's like, all right, now we just wait, now we just wait for this hurricane that they said was coming. So... My dad thought about boarding up the windows. He's like, oh no, like, Cat 3 is a major hurricane, but it's like, to an islander who's been through many hurricanes, it's like, okay, sure. I don't need the hurricane shelter. <laughs> I'll stay home. We're good. I remember, like, it's starting to get dark and, like, listening to the radio, and it's about to make landfall, and the radio said that, like, oh, you know, it's now a Category 5. And I remember, hmm? I remember going, hmm, wait, what? Isn't that the worst one? (laughs) What do you mean it's a category five? A while ago, it was a category three. And I learned later that it sped up uh, faster than a hurricane normally would under normal circumstances. The abnormal circumstances being climate change. Love to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the hurricane made landfall. And I remember knowing that it made landfall because we also lost power on the opposite coast so i live on the west coast it made landfall on the east coast the island was not very big (laughs) so it made landfall on the east coast and we also lost power over there on the west coast and was like ah oh something's going on something's happening that's That's very doozy let's think about it had already started raining too so like it was starting to come in but when it really like hit power was out and for folks who've never been in a hurricane, mm-hmm. also the rain isn't constant. The rain actually it's comes not. in waves. Yeah. So there are these arms of the hurricane that swing around full of 
we call them Think rain of it bands. like a, a Beyblade, right? How the yeah. Beyblades have, like, <laughs> we don't know what Beyblade is yeah. the top, but some of the fancier <laughs> Beyblades have, like, these cool, like, little, like, designs that stick out. One on so if you don't side. know what a top is, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it'll come start sprinkling and then it'll intensify and then it kind of like falls back over and then it just like kind of comes and goes in waves every 15, 20 minutes, depending on how far away the hurricane is. And how big it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had never experienced a Category 5 hurricane before, so this is my first time and I didn't know what to expect, but I remember like hearing that last thing from the radio. And I was like, should be fine. We'll be fine, right? Maybe my dad should have boarded up the windows. And I'm sitting in my room on my bed and like the rain is coming. And I was like scrolling through an ebook on my, that I had saved on my computer. I was like, I don't want to like waste my battery power. So I closed it. I sat there some more and like the window start, the rain, wind and rain starting to pick up. And I was like, maybe I should go sit outside with my family, which turned out to be a good decision because at some point of it speeding up, it shattered the windows in my room. So oh, it was like it was a after good de- you had left your room. Yeah, it was a good decision to go sit out in the living room with my family. So we're sitting in the living room, and the sounds coming from all around are intensifying. So you can hear the wind ripping through things. Like I said earlier, everybody's rooms are made of galvanized. Galvanized is a type of like metal. It usually has like this wave pattern to it, and that's what we usually all have for our roofs. And I can hear the metal breaking off of the roofs, and then the sound that it makes as it's like spinning in the air sounds like, you know, that like sound effect of like a sharp blade that they usually like play, oh, like yeah, slicing sh- through air. Yeah, like it was. It wasn't as clear as that. It sounded more like screechy. But yeah, like, yeah. And then the wind on its own sounded like people were like screeching. Because I remember crying because it was terrifying. It sounded so scary. And then the second floor of my solid concrete house was swaying as this like is picking up. No. At some point, it ripped off part of our roof and it started to flood. It's second floor flooding from the rain. So we're sitting there getting rained on in the house and there's water up to our ankles in the house and all I can hear is the wind and the rain the sound of like trees being ripped apart just like broken and ripped apart sound like bones breaking not to be like really like dark about it but like that's what it sounded like it's it sounded like the life was being ripped out of my island yeah yeah and it was technically it was but like it just it sounded like my island was like a person and the hurricane was like ripping the life out of it i could hear like windows breaking and i'm sitting there and all i can think about is like my sister my sister is married my sister has a baby he has my nephew and they don't live in our hometown anymore they live far away my grandmother lives nearby but we don't know if she went to the shelter because when my mom went to check on her before all of this she wasn't home so either she's at the shelter or she's like in that house that house is entirely wood that house is not gonna stand up to this where is she i'm so i'm scared and how far was the shelter from your grandma's it was at the high school that i mentioned before so it's not very far because my grandma lives like a two minute walk away from me and the high school is also like a two minute walk away from me even though i was late for school every day (laughs) (laughs) me too 
a two minute walk away late from school every day. Love that for me. Um, (laughs) I somehow became a prefect, I guess, because of my good grades. So I could just like, (laughs) at that point, I would just like hang around the gate and be like, I'm just making sure no one is late. Mind you, I was the late one. (laughs) You pretended to be a hall monitor? Yes. Because that was one of the jobs they had us do as prefects. So I was like, this is the job I will do every day. Oh, you were saying, you were like literal. Like you guys were actually prefects. Yeah. No, actual. It was an actual prefect. Yeah. Oh, you guys. That's real Commonwealth stuff right there. I had like a tie and everything. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But, okay. So the wind is coming through. You're hearing all of these sounds. What was next? Just waiting. It felt like... It was the longest night of my life. Because, like, you can't sleep. How are you going to sleep during all of this? So yeah. I am, like, fully awake, sitting on the couch with my family. My mom's praying loudly. My dad is, like, trying to reassure me because I'm, like, crying because the sounds are terrifying. Yeah. And my brother is just, like, my brother's just sitting there also trying to, like, reassure me while my mom is, like, praying loudly, which is kind of making things a little scarier for me. Because I'm like, no, she's praying like we're about to die. (laughs) She's praying like we are about to pass on. And I don't think my heart can take it, truly. And I'm thinking about my dogs. Because I can hear one of them barking at one point. And I'm just like, is their house good enough to stand up to this? I don't know. I'm just, all I can think about is just everybody I care about who is not in the house with me at the moment. And trying to, like, block out the sound of the wind and the rain. Like, even the rain is just, like, so intense. I have never experienced such, like, an intense rain before. I tried to figure out a way to describe this, and I can't. It's just, like, this constant barrage of Mm -hmm. water. (sighs) So it lasted until dawn, Dawn was when it, like, finally let up. Because I remember, like, sitting there thinking, like, isn't there... There should be, like, the eye of the storm where everything's calm. And I, do, I guess the eye did not pass over my hometown. Mm-mm. It's straight up blink. <laughs> it just kept going. <laughs> and I was just, like, the longest night ever. And then finally when the sun was, like, beginning to rise. It's like, you know, still some light rains, but it was, like, the end of it. And I remember opening the door and looking around, like me and my family were looking around, and I do not recognize my neighborhood. I do not recognize anything. I don't know what's going on. I'm genuinely confused for a minute because I see my neighbors coming out as well. It's like, okay, this has to be my neighborhood. But like, what happened? So Cabrits, which I've talked about, from my porch, I can see cabrits, and it's always been this cute little, like, mountain covered in forest. But I know in there that there is Fort Shirley, which is an old British fort, uh, because, you know, they're like, we have to make sure we can see the French coming. Yeah. Because uh, it's, like, right on a peak near the water. And I know that it's up there. I know the fort is there, because I've been there a million times. And here I am now seeing the fort clearly, and not just the fort, I can see past the fort because there are no more trees. The trees are all broken. Yeah. I look at Morno Diab when I finally, like, open my bedroom and I see that, like, you know, my windows have been shattered and I look at Morno Diab and I can see all of the contours of the actual land because all of its trees are gone too. My dogs are fine. 
everybody yeah. were concerned the dogs are okay <laughs> <laughs> i was low-key stressed i was like i don't want to be the person folks on the dogs but <laughs> my dad built them a spectacular house they were chilling they were vibing yo shout out to your dad my mom immediately um was like i have to go check on my mother and she went to check on her her house was destroyed but a neighbor nearby who did have a concrete house told her to like come over to their house before it was too late so she was with them so she was fine but her house was not okay she had to like try to salvage all the important things in there that she didn't um like take with her she took like like, her documents but everything was gone there are trees that have sheets of galvanized wrapped around them like the way that you would wrap ribbon around a present just like it was absolutely nothing for this yeah. for this hurricane just wrapped around trees wrapped around other buildings the telephone poles and wires are downed i don't think there was any that were like upright like they were before and when it's like safe enough me and my brother were like oh let's take a walk around the neighborhood and went into town and it was all just us like jumping over broken telephone poles and trees and like <sighs> The sea had washed up so much rocks and sand as well. And the more we walk into town, the more it's like... I um, I had spent my whole life on this island. I know what it looks like. And sorry. No, take your time. It's take okay. Time. Yeah. It felt like my home was gone. I didn't, I couldn't recognize anything. I had no way to get in touch with anybody too because everything's down. We have no power, we have no water. Right, right. I don't know if my sister and my nephew are okay. And one of the rivers that like have visited my whole life, like there's barely any water running through it now because it's all just rock. It's filled with rock and broken trees. I know this now because, like, I've seen the pictures my cousin has taken. And the capital, Roseau, usually, like, this is the one place that has, like, slightly wider streets and has a bridge over a river. And the, the, the river is full of pieces of broken trees. There's no water anymore. It's just filled with broken trees as, like, far as I can see, like, from the bridge itself or like all like further up like several feet further up it's all just like broken trees like it destroyed the trees on the mountain and they all just wash all the pieces just washed down and blocked the river and that's all it is now the streets are also filled with like broken trees and rocks me and my brother decided to walk to where my sister lives to check on her and our, our nephew and the next day we started walking and People don't want to drive because they don't know when we're going to get gas again. And I remember the whole time walking, like, the you know, the first, the very first day and that, that day we started walking as well, like, I could hear helicopters. And I remember, like, thinking, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, news helicopters. That's, I guess, we're a spectacle now. Because we didn't get, like, we got help from other islands, like, as soon as they could do it. But for other countries it was a thing to look at sorry yeah i'm gonna apologize that's man 
I don't even know how I'd process that. But, um, I remember doing that walk. <laughs> I'm doing the walk with my brother, and I don't know how neither of us were like sore the next day because we walked for so long and we've got to ride some of the way with someone and driving by all of these like so again we live mainly on the coast so all the roads are on the coast and some of them go through a little bit like go through some like areas some villages that live near the forest and around rivers and seeing like people's houses like filled up with water and rocks from the rivers that retook their courses uh, like natural courses people standing outside of those houses wondering what they're gonna do everything that they owned was in there and we finally got to a hill it was like halfway to where my sister lives and we got to a hill and there's like so many people standing on this hill because at this point at this point on the hill it's kind of close enough to a neighboring island that sometimes if the wind blows right, you can get a signal on your cell phone. Whoa, so I was like, okay. oh. <laughs> so I, we ran up that hill and my sister could still get a signal where she was from and she had texted us and she's fine. And I have so many messages and missed calls from friends that like don't live on the island anymore or like are from America. And I can't answer it all because like I have nowhere to charge my phone when I get back. Yeah. But I'm like trying my best and I just <sighs> That like little hill was the only patch of green I had seen for a long time since the hurricane. Like first the first patch of green that I saw was like on that hill and it's like not even a lot of it wasn't even a lot of grass, but it was still just like green. Yep. <laughs> Something. And it's like I feel like it's also like a metaphor. <laughs> It was especially difficult knowing that, like, in the time it's going to take for us to, like, get everything back up or some of the things back up. Like, typically, if we have, like, a hurricane or storm and there's no water, we go to the river. But we can't go to the river anymore because there are no rivers. And if there is a river, it's dark brown because of the landslides. Everything has changed. Everything's different. There are also maybe dead animals in the water because, like, a lot of people lost their farm animals. And some a lot of people, like, have their farms near rivers so that their animals can right. get water easily. So, like, not recommended that you drink any of it or use it for anything. Yeah, yeah. And my mom, thankfully, for some reason, I always wondered when I was growing up, why do you have, like, three? Because she's, like, pa- plastic barrels. So why do you have three plastic yep. barrels? full of water it doesn't make sense and yet now here we are i'm like she may have made she may have made a point she might have been on (laughs) to something with this one but it is still a limited amount of water and we don't want to use like too much of it we also can't use it for certain things we can't use it to cook because you know it's like rainwater in a plastic barrel so we still need water and there was a medical school on our island our hometown that my mom works at i used to work there and they are allowing us. They're like, yeah, no, if you worked here, you have your, if you still have your ID or you don't, we can look you up because they have, we have generators. You can come on and you can bring like one or two close family members and collect water once a day. I think it was like once a day. So we were doing that. So we were getting water and it's like, you remember, we could also like charge our phones. Like, this is great. We have something. And then I remember my mom came home one day because my brother and I didn't go 
and she was like we might not be able to go anymore because the American army is here to get the students that are still on the island because a lot of medical students from America and they want to stop us from coming on campus because we're not American it's trifling man <laughs> when so I tell scandalous. you I was filled with anti-imperialist <laughs> rage writhing <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo. I already did not like the military. They did not do a single thing to endear me to them at all. No. And and they snatched the water. And they snatched the Like, this is the one place that we have to get clean water. Yeah. We have nothing else. How long was it before you guys were able to establish, like, clean sources of water, like, with regularity? It took weeks to, to reestablish water and electricity because... I was like two of their like main concerns so it took like it took longer to get electricity solid mm-hmm. constant electricity back up and then like Wi-Fi was even later <laughs> and even then in some places it was like really really spotty but like one of the things that I remember like pretty vividly from that is that like my government passed some regulations to like mitigate climate change we banned like plastics and every time I remember it, I, I can't help but to think, because like, I'm happy we're doing this, but we're not the ones that are the major driving forces for climate change. Yeah. Our output is so small, it doesn't matter. And even then, like, what is our output? What are we doing? We're not really doing much, are we? So Maria wasn't your first experience with a hurricane. It wasn't, but like... All of my past experiences have been like, ooh, there's wind and there's rain. This is like, ooh. And then, you know, everything goes back to normal after a couple days. Like, we get power back right away. And, you know, they clean up the roads. All of the dead fish that washed ashore get, you know, tossed. (laughs) Yep. And then that's it. It It's like sometime before Hurricane Maria, we had a tropical storm. That was bad. And I think that was, like, one of my first signs that, like, Things aren't normal anymore because, like, this is just to be a tropical storm. And yet we had a lot of flooding. For those of you who don't know, in a country where you have a lot of rivers and a lot of people settle around rivers, if you divert the river's course, when it, you know, rains heavily or it floods, it will return to its original course. And that can cause a lot of damage to the people who have decided to settle near the river. So that happened. And then there were landslides and it was really scary and devastating to see something like that happen because we just have never had like something where like, oh, wow, we actually like can't really move around that much right now. It's not common for this to happen, especially from a tropical storm. So the preamble was already strange. Yeah. The last major hurricane we had before this was like Hurricane David, the one that destroyed all the lime plantations. So it's like that was weird. And then we like moved past that. There were a couple things in there that you said that reminded me of what it was like when uh, when Ida came through New Orleans. You know, people who, who've never experienced, you know, a tropical rainstorm or a hurricane don't realize that it ruins your water, like, completely. It's like, it's not only dead animals, but, you know, fortunately, you guys had running, you know, had moving water. But in lakes and in, you know, low-flowing streams and swamps, as soon as something, you know, when trees go down in that water, what you have is instant decomposition because the weather is so warm that the tree starts breaking down. And then the bacterial load in that water increases significantly. 
So one of the things that like marked my mind was how these lagoons that were typically, you know, clear or green, which is normal for like a, you know, Gulf South waterway, they became black. And when I say black, I'm not talking about metaphorically. I'm saying you can't see an inch into the water because it's so black with bacteria. That's one of the dangers of hurricanes where it's like those waterways don't touch them. Yeah. You know, it's like that's poison now. And then that second part with the phone, when you're up on that hill, there's like that relief of your phone kind of like blowing up when all of a sudden you get signal again. Like when I got signal and started getting texts from my mom and dad and everyone, and I was like, I can tell them I'm alive now. You know, that was instant relief because I'm like, I now have a connection to them, even if it's for a moment and then the cell drops off, but it's like, you can ping out one, something real quick at least. It's so weird because like, you know, Usually when your phone's blowing up, the first thing you want to do is complain. Like, what are all these text messages? <laughs> Who is trying to talk to me right now? Yo, relax, I'm busy. Yep. Relax. But like, I have <laughs> never been so happy to have uh-huh. my phone. Like, just send me notification after. Like, I can't, I could barely even check notifications. because My phone was going off so much. And I've never been more happy. But like, thank God I like, I'm getting something. Okay, so with that last time that you were at the island, what did the forest look like? Had it started, had it recovered? Because that was, what, six years ago? It looked really good. It, it was, yeah. I saw it and I was like, this is my forest. This is this is it. There are some parts where you can still see, like, the dead trees. So, like, in Sufria, which is in the south of the island, we have a lot of hot springs in that area, a lot of geothermal activity. Around some of the rivers there, you can see that, like, you know, some of the trees that got broken, they just died and they like left them there. But there's yeah. vines growing on them now. So like some life is taking over them. Cool. Which cool. is really nice to see. I, I really appreciate it. The medical school is no longer on island. Well, yeah. life comes too fast. So you get for <laughs> taking that water away. All right. It's that time of the show again, Chelsea, for shout outs. Ooh. Chelsea, Ooh. who would you like to give some shout outs to? I think hmm. so if you're on Twitter you should follow at micro goes wild her name is joy uh joy with an I not a Y we love joy (laughs) joy is really cool (laughs) joy is also unapologetically everything (laughs) yep yes (laughs) and in the bio yes unapologetically and it's really refreshing because I feel like for a minute, all I would see on my timeline is just like me and Alexi going, why is this the way that it is? It's terrible. <laughs> and now there's one new person. I'm like, yes, <laughs> not <Go>. alone. <laughs> Trust it. Joy's going to be on the show. Yay. Trust it. So anyone else is that? Um, Joy's, also- Joy's the one, the only. <laughs> Not the one the only, but it's like it's so it's so hard to like figure out exactly who you wanna shout out in any given moment. Shout out yeah. to Dr. Birdie, actually. Yeah. I don't know if you hear this, shout but shout out to Dr. Birdie. Birdie. If you're ever in the Commonwealth of Dominica, not Dominican Republic, and you wanna Yo. see some amazing birds, you wanna see those endemic hummingbirds whose populations ooh, ooh. have recovered since the hurricane because like Love not having any it. food, they did Biter. start to die. But you know, as everything recovered, they recovered. If you want to know the spots, you want to know about the specific hummingbird's personality that comes to this patch of flowers, he's your guy. You want to know where to see the endemic parrots, both of them, he's he's your guy. He has a scope that he'll bring with him and everything. 
he'll Not you know that. he'll he'll tell you the history of a place as you're going through it he'll like point out the best mangoes to you if you want some fresh mangoes as well like he, he does everything he does everything you want to know how long these birds have been coming to an area you gotta ask dr Ruby. he does not have a phd like an actual like degree but he does he got in our a PhD hearts in the streets. we might as don't well don't worry about it like don't as far, worry about as, far as we're concerned he does he got that phd that pretty huge <laughs> brain that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> okay it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Chelsea. This is fabulous. We appreciate you telling such like a serious and such like a close to home story. So like we take that seriously and we really appreciate that. Uh, and it is a relief to hear that the hummingbirds have recovered. But did you guys know, fun fact, that on the Canary Islands, there are actually no canaries. And same rule goes for the Virgin Islands. No canaries. Alexi, I... <laughs> 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 the We Out Here podcast is Allison Jones and Alexi Grusis. Show theme by Spencer Snedden. Show graphics by Khalif Gillette. And lead editing by Patrick Amaribe. Now, if you like the show, give us a quick five-star rating and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, this helps us out a ton. You guys know the drill. Uh, this is the best way for us to, you know, get in touch with a, a new, fresh audience and, of course, keep connecting with the audience that already knows and loves our voices. So this is a free act that you can do to help us out a ton. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at the We Out Here Pod. And if you're a black, brown, or indigenous person in science and nature and you want to connect with us and share a story with the audience and also get paid while you're at it, hit us up on social media or on our email at weoutherepod at gmail.com because your stories deserve to be heard. Now, if you're able to financially support our mission of sharing our stories with an ever-broadening audience, go to patreon.com slash weoutherepod. This is where we release bonus content when we have it available, and tiers can start as low as $2 a month. At higher tiers, you get complimentary merch quarterly. Fresh designs yearly. Alright, now it's time for fish talk. So the titiwi fish that Chelsea talked about are fish from the Selangidae family, which comprises ice fish and noodle fishes. So there's a little bit of fish knowledge for your noodle noggin. Now, if you're a person who's recently started living in a hurricane-prone area, y'all got six more months of hurricane season. Now, this is coming out in September, so y'all got till January. So, you'll want to get yourself prepared. And one of the best ways to do that is to go to noaa.gov backslash hurricane dash prep to learn about how to weather such storms, at least marginally comfortably. Now, as Native Hawaiians are continuing to rebuild their lives following their own natural disaster on, on Maui, we encourage audience members of this podcast who have a little extra money to go to gofundme.org backslash f backslash help maui rise to donate a small manageable amount to help people put their lives back together thanks for listening and while the weather is good get outside
all three of them were like all excited and like oh early walks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like today's a good day like oh, okay all right extra food and water mm, don't mind if i do <laughs> start with a great day wow, uh, thanks for turning up these people are starting to respect me <laughs> 